Hello there lovelies. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, we're kind of continuing a transparency um, theme going on here. And so last week I talked about body image issues. This week I'm going to talk about anger, overcoming it, how I had to go about it, what I feel like created a lot of anger within me, some of the things that I did and all that good stuff. So, going right into it, um, I feel like that anger for me, I uh, use it as a source of survival. Um, Anytime that I talk about my life, I've always talked about it being me just knowing how to survive and um, spending much of my life in survival mode, which I still try to work out of and have mastered yet but um, getting better so I think that I used anger as a source to that I was always ready to fight Um, I was in defense mode all the time and basically it, it was like I was ready for an attack at any time um I also used it as like a therapeutic release um which I'll talk a little bit more about basically when something hurt again, that was my survival mode. So if I was feeling pain, I jumped into anger in order to stop the pain. So as a defense mechanism, (coughs) I feel like that it was very, um, I, I felt attacked often and not protected a lot throughout my childhood and even in my 20s and so I went into when we when we feel that way you know we go into like fight or flight and I think for many years I went into flight mode and there was nothing that was done to to feel like that I was protected so um the best way that I can really like word this is that when things are happening to you or pain is being inflicted on you, I feel like that you, when you flight, a lot of times you're running from it looking for somebody to help. And that didn't happen for me. Um, Or I didn't feel like that happened. I didn't feel like anybody came to my rescue or to protect me as a child. And so... Then I learned fight mode. And when flight stopped working, I went into fight mode where I just started defending myself. And then I think that that carries on with you into your adult life. And so I used different ways to do it. Um, It started with intimidation. Um, I would just, I would use a, a means of intimidation, typically this is like something that you see a lot of like boys do getting loud or making threats or uh, like bowing up because I didn't really want to fight. I just felt like that that was my source of protecting myself was to scare them away. Um, Flight had not worked for me in the past, like I said, so I'll just scare them away. Well, You do that for so long and then eventually it comes to a point where 
you have to fight. <laughs> um, and I mean, it wasn't that I was, I, I guess I wasn't necessarily scared of the fight, but I kind of was. Um, I remember having a conversation with my dad one time <clears throat> and telling him, he asked me uh, why I didn't hit some girl. I don't remember what we were talking about, to be honest with you. It was in high school and some girl did something. He asked me why I didn't hit her. And I said I was scared to like get into a fight with her. And he told me that fear is the best place to be when... Um, you go when you get into a fight, the fear of losing because you never want to be too big headed thinking that you're going to win. That fear is what creates that adrenaline, which makes you, um, according to him, it made it made you fight better. My dad very much lived in survival mode his entire life, if you cannot tell. Um, and so his advice was basically a defense mechanism as well. Um, you know, you fight, fight your way through it. And so I went into that mode where I, you know, started actually fighting and was like, okay, like this fear is normal. This is my adrenaline. It's my motivation. It's my push through this fight. So I started actually fighting. Um, and then it became like impulse reaction. Um, there was no, emotional control at this point I had gone through the intimidation stage and into the physically fighting stage and so I'd had plenty of time to get here and I had just basically lost emotional control and so um, when if something if I felt threatened by something it was it, it went immediately into I mean I'll try to intimidate you for a second but then we're fighting and um, so that was something I really had to learn and, and really practice in this healing of self-control with my emotions and my impulse control because it was literally it had become literally just instinct to do this. So, uh, when it really hit the hardest, I feel like was, um, my dad died when I was 21 and he, I would, we all know that there are phases to grieving and I went through all of them very much. So this was the hardest, um, death I ever dealt with. I think there's several reasons for that, but we'll go into that in a different episode. But the anger part of the grieving phase, um, I feel like it lasted a long time, years. Sorry, I needed to drink my coffee. And um, part of that was me not allowing myself to feel my own feelings and, and sit in them for a minute without acting on them. And I think that's a really important thing to pay attention to is that it's okay to feel those emotions. It is not always okay to act on those emotions. So I was angry. I had every right to be angry. I was a 21-year-old girl who had had an off-and-on relationship with my father. And I lost him to an overdose on pain pills. And I almost like 
we had fought this addiction battle for so many years and part of me was really selfish and upset that you know he would never meet my kids and uh, what if somebody um, you know came along and wanted to marry me who was going to walk me down the aisle and things like that so there were so many things I was very angry about and I would think about them but I wouldn't I would like almost shame myself for being angry about it, which would make me more angry. And so now I recognize those feelings and, um, you know, I'll usually bring myself to a, a place alone where I can allow myself to feel that it's okay to be angry, but without acting on it, without lashing that anger out onto somebody else, um, that doesn't deserve it, honestly. And so, um, I also, being freshly 21 when my dad died, I used, I uh, relied on alcohol a lot to cope. Um, which, I, again, we'll go, I'll go through coping mechanisms, <laughs> toxic coping mechanisms, in a later episode as well. Um, but I relied on alcohol. To cope with my dad's death and with alcohol comes less self-control which means more impulse reactions which means more anger so um there was uh, years in my life that I would literally go to the bar every single night and get drunk and there were some nights that I literally went looking for a fight I would try to find somebody try to start some shit with somebody just to have that release of anger like I was just bubbled up so far I needed to release and so I would go out with the intention of finding somebody that would allow me to piss them off enough that they would swing on me and I mean I did this for years it got better I guess um But it was phases, you know, it would get better for a little bit and then I'd be in a ton of fights and then it'd get better for a little bit and then I'd get into a ton of fights again. And so my turning point was in July of 2018, I had been into, I think it was like three fights in less than two months, bar fights. And um, the last one was kind of like a bar brawl. And I excused my behavior for a long time because um, I wasn't the one who started the altercation or who instigated it. I was actually trying to defuse the situation for the majority of the time. Um, But there was, you know, two different groups of people and they were into it. And I had put myself into the middle of it by trying to defuse the situation. And um, at the time that when my anger finally hit and I went into fight mode, um, nobody had actually hit each other yet. They were all just yelling at each other. And um, so I slapped somebody. And it was caught on camera at the bar that me slapping somebody. And there were people who told the bartender and the bar owner that, you know, I started it. And I did. I was the first one to make a physical move. I started it. It doesn't matter what happened before that. It doesn't matter who said what, 
what I tried to do before that, it doesn't matter. I was the first one to take a hit and I started the fight. And so, um, I, what I felt a lot of shame after that. And I don't know why, I don't know what brought it on, but I just did. I, I felt I, I got kicked out of the bar and it was a bar that I went to all the time. A lot of people knew about it. Um, and I just felt guilty and shameful for it. And so I was like, wait a second, why am I feeling shame for this fight? Like I, if I'm feeling shame, then there's something inside of me that doesn't want to do this. And so I decided that it was time to, to work on that and being in three fights, three bar fights and several other altercations that didn't turn into an actual fight at bars within a couple of months of that time. I mean, if that's not a sign, (laughs) no reason anybody should ever be in situations like that that often. Um, so I had to start, um, working towards a healing process on this. So basically what I did was I had to remove any atmospheres and influences. So, um, there at the time I was running with a crowd of people who often talked about getting into fights and often encouraged getting into fights or, um, physical violence. Not that I'm hating on anybody for that. I, I now don't believe that that's the answer to everything. But at that time in my life, I did believe that that was the answer. And, um, I think that it's just, everybody has their own healing journey. So some people, you know, are going to want to, are going to change their mind on that. And some people aren't, and that's okay. But Um, that's not okay, but it's just part of the journey and everybody has their own journey. So they're going to learn in their own time. There's nothing that I can do or anybody else can do to change that, nor am I or anyone else better for doing it differently. We just have to learn in our own pace. Um, and, and we grow, you know, that's just what we do. So I had to remove myself though, from any influence of people that were encouraging fighting and physical violence. Um, and so I had to work into that and, and I started to, and then I had to remove myself from the atmospheres. And it seemed that the bar atmosphere, whenever I was drinking was my biggest trigger because I would lose that self-control and I would have all these strangers around. So, I mean, I've never been one to like want to punch my brother in the face or, you know, my best friend sitting next to me or whatever. Um, so it was, even with the lack of self-control, there was something in me that didn't want to hurt the people I cared about. It, I wanted to hurt people I didn't know. It, It was, I felt less guilty that way. So, um, that was the first step. The first step in every, everything that you want to change in your life is removing your influences and your atmospheres that encourage that behavior. Um, so then I had to learn my triggers. Um, I had to figure out what it was that, what I guess common denominators there were out there that made me get this way. 
And so I learned that, um, obviously, like I said, the atmosphere, the crowd that I'm around, but even things like my mood before I was, before I would drink. So, um, I'm sure we've all seen somebody or been somebody who has a bad day. And, you know, things just really go wrong and they're like, oh my God, I need a drink so bad. And then they just go out and get drunk that night. I was that person. And I learned that I can't do that. So now if I have a bad day um, and like, I don't, I, I don't go straight to drinking because like that's the worst thing I can do, first of all. But second of all, it's a trigger for me. I'll go into drinking and that mindset will be in a negative place or in an angry place. And then it will trigger me to, once I get drunk, to lash that out on other people. And um, so, and or if I ha- already have plans that involve drinking and I have a bad day, I will like meditate and really focus to like change my mood in order before I start, before I take a drink. That way I don't, because I don't want to lash out and ruin whatever night that we're having. That's not, I've changed my crowd so much that the group that I run with now or groups that I run with now, that's not the way we live. Um, It's not anything that anybody thinks is cool. So I'm not trying to ruin that vibe of the night because of my own personal issues. So knowing that trigger helps me to correct that trigger and to um, make sure that I can prevent myself from being triggered. Um, Another part of my healing process has just been to like, man, really accepting my emotions and feeling my emotions and allowing them without guilt and shame. Like I said earlier, it's okay to feel all of the emotions. It is not always okay to act on those emotions. I can feel anger and angry. I can feel anger because of something that I feel is an attack on me. Um, But that doesn't mean that I have to lash that anger out on others, verbally or physically. And it also doesn't mean that I need to act on it. So, Sometimes I have to separate myself and I hate being alone. So this is something I'm really working on. But sometimes I have to separate myself and I will literally come lay in my bed for hours and feel the feels like I will feel them and allow myself to just really soak them in. So that way I can feel them and then release them and not just hold on to it because that's when the lashing out comes when I when I shove it down and it eventually festers and it's got to come out. So, um I am doing way better with all of this. Um this has been a year and a half long process so far, almost 2 years of working through anger and um I there's only been one time that there was um a I guess you could call it a relapse, um, an issue in that year and a half, two years where I, um, was drinking and, and the situation around me, I allowed for my anger to take over. And, um, 
So that's still very impressive. I was really upset with myself the next day and and all that, you know, but um, lessons learned. So the big thing for me is just to always like when I get triggered or I'm starting to feel that feeling of anger coming up just to step away, uh, remove myself from the situation, take some deep breaths, you know, allow myself to ground a little bit before I even try to handle the situation, allow myself to think about it and like really process what I'm, what I'm doing and whether or not it's, and this sometimes takes time. It's not something that just happens instantly. Always. Sometimes it really does take time. And then I can use my words to speak what it is that I'm feeling rather than physically reacting to somebody or something. Um, And all of this is, you know, like I said, this has been a year and a half, two year process that I've been working through this and I have made tremendous um, progress on it, leaps and bounds different than I was two years ago. But still working through it, obviously. Um, I don't know that anything is ever fully healed or grown into or not still a working progress. I feel like that once you, you get to a certain level of healing and you feel like that it's, that you're good now. And then it's like right after that, something else happens. And the best way I can describe it is somebody said that, you know, you elevate yourself and then you come back around and you have to feel You have to heal through that again on a higher elevation um, or a higher, you know, vibe, higher frequency, whatever word you want to use. So you have to, you have to heal yourself with these different traumas and things multiple times. It's not like you just heal it once or you work through this um, flaw or toxic part of yourself once and you're good. Like you have to actually do it multiple times. So I'm actually still working through this, um, just on different, different frequencies, different elevations now. And so now my, um, my elevation isn't necessarily the physical aspect of it, but it's catching myself always living in survival mode or defense and learning that like not everybody is out to get me. And I don't have to constantly defend myself. I shouldn't constantly feel like I have to be on guard and ready to put up a fight. Um, Life isn't about surviving right now. Like, I'm past that. I'm no longer a just trying to survive person. I am a survivor. And I'm like, I'm thriving now. I'm I'm a warrior still. Like, I'll always be that, like, warrior and, like, that fight in me in life in general, always have that, but I don't always have to live it. Like now I can, I can actually just enjoy my life. And that's really hard sometimes for me to remember that and to, to change that habit of living in survival mode and always ready to fight. So basically, um, you know, I, I went, I went through a lot of different things that put me there and it started from childhood But um, it's a process and it takes a lot of healing and a lot of um, really being honest with your feelings and feeling your feelings. So transparency, anger, 
another part of one of my toxic traits. I really hope it helps somebody. I hope that somebody gets triggered by this and and that they realize that anger and physical violence really isn't worth it and that there is a way to heal from it and you can be in fights every single week and you can still work through that. Um, So I really hope that this one helps.